The Reverend Ignatius Moore puffed his way up the hill. He could see his church, small, neat, and well-maintained, nestled in the valley below, and, despite himself, his heart soared with pride. The road from here back to his roots in the Australian outback was a long one. From rough stockman to a man of the cloth, a minister in the Church of Scotland, it was something he could never have imagined. His wife, as usual, was much further up the hill than he, at the top of the rise almost. It was at times like this that the twenty years between them told. Mind you, he reasoned, she kept herself so fit it was unlikely he would have kept up with her even if their ages coincided. Soon they were both standing at the peak of the hill, looking down over a glade of oak trees and out across the sea, the loom of the island of Ireland a grey shadow in the distance. The festive season was his busiest time of the year, and he appreciated the opportunity to get away from preaching and sermon writing, to commune with God in the way he preferred, out, under the heavens, bathing in the glory of all before him. "'Shall we turn back, or do you fancy going down to the woods?' she asked, her Irish accent lilting on the breeze. He looked at his watch. "'Yes, I have loads of time before I have to get ready for tonight's service. Why not?' This was the second last day of the old year, the day before Hogmanay, and, being a Sunday, his flock would be expecting their evening service. He had to admit he'd been surprised how pagan parts of the Christmas holiday had clung on here, not only in the village and its surrounding farms, but also in Kinloch, the town only ten miles or so away. It was strange to think that, easily within living memory, the people of South Kintyre had worked as normal on Christmas Day, then had their holiday and exchanged gifts on Nair Day, as they called the first day of a new year. When he'd first come to the UK from Australia, he'd been fearful that he would be somewhat out of place in this modern up-to-the-minute society. He'd detected something else, though, especially in the more remote parts of Scotland something old, something unseen and unspoken, but ever-present nonetheless. People were still reluctant to let red-haired folk cross their threshold in the first hours of the new year. Folk memory from a long time ago, when the sight of red-haired people in this part of the world meant death and destruction. It was strange how the tradition had persisted. "'As long as you don't tell my church elders I've been down at the Ratstown,' he said to her with a smile. I wouldn't dare. Sure wouldn't they be astonished that we made it back alive. I imagine they would. Mind you, so would most of my parishioners. I'm sure we'll be fine. Come on, time's not for waiting. She heaved the straps of her rucksack higher onto her shoulders, and set off down towards the oaken glade, with the ancient stone at its heart. Strathna Drev, the Vale of the Druids. There followed the familiar traips through boggy ground that sucked at his walking boots, leaving clawing mud on his gaiters, then up on to the little plateau with its circle of trees. He'd been here a handful of times before, and on each occasion had felt strangely disconcerted as he set foot amongst the old gnarled oaks. It was the opposite feeling to being in a holy place, where the silence soothed and spoke of goodness and peace. Here, though there was quiet, there was no peace. The silence seemed to threaten. He stopped in his tracks. The wind was getting up, and with it a wail, 
a moan almost, whistled through the ancient grove. The Ratstone Serenade, the old song of the trees. Local tradition had it that the trees were wailing for the past, for older, darker days, and all those that inhabited them. He shivered, wishing they had opted to cut their walk short at the top of the hill. Ignatius, quickly! His wife's shout was short and anxious. As the whine through the trees became louder, he hurried towards her. He tripped and fell over the knotted root of an old tree that twisted from the ground like the curls of a serpent. Iggy! He got back up and half limped, half ran towards her, anxious now, hearing panic in her voice. Look! she said, almost in tears, as she pointed to a flat slab of granite, an oblong about the length of a tall man but twice as broad. Oh, my! Fear constricted his throat. There, 